Welcome to Archery Talk 101 podcast, your guide to better archery skills. We'll bring you the latest tips, tricks, and expert advice, but that's not all. We'll also have interviews with top archers and industry professionals and reviews of the latest gear and equipment and much more. Have you heard of the Archery Talk 101 Facebook group? You should come join us and watch and interact with the podcast as recorded. You can do this in real time. You can interact with the show, ask questions, and participate in the show. Well, when you uh, start an archery, you get a nice group of friends, and we're going to talk to one of those, uh, my new friends, uh, on this podcast. My name is Roy Canterbury. I'm your host today on Arch Talk 101 uh, podcast, and I have Chase on, on the show today. Welcome to the show, Chase. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Now, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Uh, my name's Chase Birch. Uh, lived in southeast Missouri my whole life, except for I lived in northeast Arkansas for one year in college. So pretty much southeast Missouri. I live in Kennett, Missouri right now, uh, down here in the Delta, right on the Arkansas line. Uh, yeah, I'm 25 years old. I've been involved in archery since as long as I can really remember, I guess, since I was about five. I, I guess when everybody gets their first little bare fiberglass bow and moves up from there um, started bow hunting when i was probably 11 or 12 something like that um, started competitive archery shooting tournaments From the time i was about 13 14 i believe um, and shot shot pretty pretty much all the way till i was i think i was 19 uh, 20 started a career in banking pretty early on uh, and that kind of didn't come to a complete halt but didn't really have time for it didn't have time to tanker, didn't have time to travel like I'd like to, life hit, so um, went ahead and kind of got burnt out on it and pretty much just hunted, and then I've always dabbled in traditional archery since I was probably a, a 12, 13 years old, something like something like that, but got really involved in that and kind of committed to shooting trad bows. I guess it's been two years now. That's exclusively what I've shot. So. Yeah. Yeah, for some reason it didn't go live in the group, so I'll, I'll get that started. But yeah, it's uh, uh, so what made you get started in archery? Just just the fact that you, you kind of grew up with it, or well, uh, my dad bow hunted. Um, ironically, my dad he he bow hunted. Didn't grow up. I mean, he grew up in a hunting family. His father didn't really hunt. Um, he hunted with his grandpa, his uncles. Um, he was in. He was active duty military for my entire life, pretty much till I was a senior in high school when he retired. He was gone a lot. Um, that was something kind of interested me. I can one of the first memories I have of really, guess taking it taking it more serious and showing more of an interest in it. Um, I got seven or eight years old. I'd I'd went and they were, you know, you ever, everybody asked you, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? Well, I remember looking at a a Bass Pro catalog and picking out a little ready to shoot diamond edge package oh. um, i got that for christmas that year worked my way up i think i was shooting about 40 pounds when i got it and uh my dad deployed shortly thereafter and he pretty much told me you know uh, you're not i don't want you bow hunting with anybody but me for now i don't want you in a stand you know being protective when i get back from this deployment you know he, he gave me some goals and whatnot to, to kind of roll through while he was gone and 
you know, basically everybody everybody has the pie plate at 20 yards. I think he told me he wanted them in a baseball at 20. Um, so when he got back, that's, that's pretty much all I did while he was gone. If I had any free time, I was in the backyard wearing out a target. So uh, when he finally got back, that's when we started bow hunting together. And it just, it, it, it's bit me. It's been kind of an obsession of mine ever since. So yeah, only other yeah. love I have that might with trumpet would be spring turkey hunting. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so how, how's that going? The, tur the spring turkey? Well, Missouri is, uh, it's pretty rough in Missouri, to be honest with you. Um, we don't have near the birds we used to. I won't, won't really get into why, but, uh, almost feel a little guilty about killing a bird or even wanting to try and kill a bird in Missouri anymore. Um, in some of the counties where I've grown up hunting, just cause I know what it used to be and what it could be. And it's, we've we've got to do something we got to have some change at some point but uh it's still still the love of my life i guess you could say and i don't really bow hunt turkeys i'm not against it but I, for some reason i feel like a gobbler needs to be shot in the face with number fives or number sixes so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah there's there's a lot of people that uh, you know just they just love sh shooting archery at, at turkeys but you know like i said you know there's not as you know um big of a target to shoot you know with the shotgun at least you have you know lots of options to hit you know vitals and yeah, yeah. well i prefer to run and gun that's how i want to hunt them I'm, I'm just not not one of those guys that wants to sit in a blind for them uh not a, not against it by any means whatever floats your boat there's an right. art to that but it's not the way i grew up doing it so well you have to come up a little bit north here in nebraska we have lots of turkeys that's, I've heard that. I need to get up there and get chase some Merriams at some point because our Easterns are kicking my butt. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of them. We, I have a flock that's about a mile away from me that shows up every once in a while. I have about three dozen. And it, it's on property that I can't hunt, but I kind of cross the street. So I got to try and figure out, you know, where they're going during the day to kind of figure out when to, when to hunt them. I'm going to try and get some some time out to go this year. This coming year, which is coming up here real soon, because Turkey Spring starts in March here in Nebraska for archery, and April yep. for shotgun. Yep. Right, right. Oh yeah, yeah. It'll be here before we know it. I'm not. Uh, I'm trying to get things squared away at work so I can have a little time off. Yeah. Uh, not be so overwhelmed. Actually, actually get out during the week. So. So what do you do for work? Um, I'm a commercial i do a little bit of everything but i'm a commercial lender for a bank here in town i'm the uh branch manager community bank president at a local bank here in the town where i live um and, and pretty much just do agricultural and commercial lending for the most part it's interesting <laughs> uh yeah yeah it's a job <laughs> i enjoy it i really do enjoy working for my customers uh i've got a i've got a good group of customers and you're, it's something different every day but it is an office job. We'll, we'll say that. So. Yeah, that that is true. You know, sit in an office pretty much all day long. So, do you do um, uh, any target shooting or any kind? You know, target or three D or. Um, I used to shoot. We used to travel. I mean, I used to not miss an ASA back when I shot compounds. I shot, started in hunter class, uh, moved up, end up shooting known, uh, known distance stuff forever, and. Uh, Really, I think the last ASA I shot, I shot the Paris 
uh, Easton, that'd be whatever their Southwest shootout in Paris, Texas. That was the last one I shot. I think I shot it in 2019. Um, I, I go to some traditional shoots. I was at a traditional local club shoot on Saturday. Um, and uh, I've, I've I pretty much hit quite a few of those up. I probably shoot a dozen or more a year. Um, this weekend, I'll probably be at the uh, pre-spring arrow fling there at Buck Hollow Bow Hunters in Tennessee. And uh, we we'll go to a few of those events, but I uh, I typically with work anymore. If I if I can help it and I got any free time, if there's something to to hunt, I'm probably in the woods. So <laughs> yeah, go hunting rather than shooting paper. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I enjoy it. I, I used to be the complete opposite. I used to just assume try to get on a podium as a, as opposed to you know killing a nice buck. But your priorities change a little bit when you. I guess the older you get and the busier you get. So yeah, <laughs> I'd rather have the meat than the trophy. At least you can eat the meat. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So that and you get life gets moving a little fast and burn yourself out. Get what you can burn yourself out hunting too. But you yeah, get stressed trying to tinker, trying to be prepared. Half the time you show up to a tournament, feel like you're unprepared, and then you're mad you took off and showed up. You know, so. <laughs> Yeah, so what what is the uh, probably the most memorable uh, tournament you shot at? Oh, man, that's probably hard to say. I don't. Uh, well, I'll tell you the most memorable for me. I would say, can't remember the year. I know I was a, I think a sophomore in college, so I was probably probably nineteen years old. Um, buddy of mine, Scott Darnell, he was a, a rep for PSC Archery for a long time um been involved in archery his whole life he's now a rep for uh, mike wicken associates so he reps prime archery uh g5 a bunch of different companies and uh at that time he was he was a rep for pse and he was one of their you know he managed a local regional pro staff um we had put a pse trailer together got it going had it wrapped had it looking good ready for shows and uh it was kind of we had a little bit of a cancellation one i was supposed to go with a buddy of mine he couldn't go so me and scott ended up going together he lives about five hours from me so i met him at his house drove straight from work one night we woke up at the butt crack of dawn you know the next day and we were going down to foley alabama and he had to make some stops on the way we stopped at a buddy at his house uh turned into a friend of mine down in south mississippi uh stayed for a night shot our bows at an indoor range and he was deliberating what class he wanted to shoot. He had not got to shoot a whole lot. He's busy. Um, I mean, his job's archery, but that doesn't mean you get to shoot your bow all the time. So uh, <laughs> he was debating whether he wanted to shoot a senior known class or shoot senior pros. He had just turned 50. And uh, he ended up deciding he was going to go and shoot senior pro. Well, uh, he, uh, we, I wasn't expecting, I mean, I, he's a phenomenal shooter. He can, he can judge with the best of them but he walked out there and i believe he had a 16 or 26 point lead after day two um, and wow. pretty much just put on a clinic in his first first debut i mean he he'd shot professionally in the past in some some western circuits i believe and stuff like that but had shot semi-pro for a long time at asa and won several of them but he just went down and put on a clinic and uh and he did it with a budget bow. I can remember that. It was like a PSC response or something like that. It was like a 33-inch bow, like a $600 bow. 
and uh had it set up to shoot and he he just cleaned house with them and it was it was an awesome experience we we went crazy i mean it it meant as much to me to see him win that tournament uh, as if i'd won it so it was a it was a good deal good ride home anyway with all the big checks in the background in the back seat, so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that that's good uh, you know when when you can go yeah. that just kind of proves you don't need the high-end boat to win uh everybody everybody's equipment nowadays is is top notch it's all personal preference and if it fits you it fits you so yeah it's your bow's just got to fit you is the biggest thing oh yeah right bow and just uh set up knowing how to set one up or having a having a good coach is a lot Yeah, I know when, when I had had my store, you know, that you don't get much time to shoot. You know, you're working on everybody else's bow, you're fletching arrows, right. you're setting up bows and and teaching people how to shoot, and then you don't get to shoot. Um, you know, and then you mm -hmm. try, after you close, you go shoot and you're tired, and and then you're trying to get yeah. ready for hunting season, and and you shoot your bright head mm -hmm. into a concrete block. and. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Seems like when you're in a shop, you're you're shooting a good bit, but usually it's about five, from five yards away through paper, or you know, or watching somebody else shoot and tying in peep sights and, like you said, building arrows, fletching arrows. A lot of people enjoy doing it, but when you do it all the time, it definitely gets monotonous. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then and then you might shoot, you know, a little bit here and there. Um, I remember I you know I had my own store for a while, and then I worked for basketball for a while and Cabela's for a while, and when I was at, at Cabela's, that was before Basswood brought Cabela's. And, you know, when you set up a dropway rest, you have to shoot them to see how they're going to work, whether or not they work or not. Okay. So this guy brought a bow in. He he couldn't he couldn't group or nothing with it. So he wanted a dropway rest. You know, wasn't the problem, but uh, that's what he wanted. So we put that on and I go out there and I I take the first shot. And, oh, it works pretty good. Take a second shot, stick two arrows together. And the guy looks and says, I need somebody to do that. Well, yeah, I I do it quite often. <laughs> it wasn't my arrow, so I didn't care, you know. And the mm -hmm. oh, guy yeah. comes in and says, "I can't group with it." Yeah, you know, you know, like then you say, uh, "Dude, it ain't the bow," because <laughs> I just did it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I, I stuck oh, two yeah. arrows in the same hole. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, people, it. it I think it's it's kind of hilarious, especially when you start you know to speak on that when you when you watch guys that really know how to shoot traditional bows and the simplicity of it i say simplicity of it there it is simple your equipment is simple but it is not simple it's not a simple craft or anything no. whatsoever I, I probably tune a trad bow more than i ever tune my compound uh, just because i don't have to throw it in a press to do anything to it but right um when you watch a guy that can really shoot a trad bow or a bear bow and you see how consistent and how much mental control they have. It's kind of amazing, especially then you got your average bow hunter. You know, season's open September 15th in, here in Missouri, and September 7th, he's pulling his bow out of the case and rolling into the shop wanting to buy some arrows and I hadn't touched it since last year. And you know, hammers a trigger, about dents the trigger, he slaps it so hard. and. You know, can barely keep it on a whole Vegas face at 20 yards, and you're just kind of like, whew, you know. He's he's sitting there discussing the equipment with his buddy. There's always that guy in the shop that, 
you know yeah. the, oh, if i had the new whatever v3x i i man i, I this bow's just junk it's just junk it was the best bow you know made five years ago when he bought it so yeah <laughs> well and, and you don't have to have the newest and, and, and best you know my hot and bow's a 2001 Pierre, uh, PSC Carrera and my other mm. bow, which is not really what I use for hunting, but you know, I can because it's camel bow. It, it's a 2002 uh, or 2003 um, PSE um, Scorpion. And, you know, all my kids all shoot PSE bows. My recurves a PSE bow and, um, when I was working at Cabela's, I was able to get a really cheap bow because there was a couple things wrong with it. And, you know, returns and working an archery shop, you know, we can take a look at them and buy them. So I got a really price. But it, it's a bear in the snow camo. You know, it was just when it was new, it was 900 bucks for the bow. And like, I didn't pay anywhere near mm -hmm. that because I had to, you know, fix some stuff on it. But, you know, that's other than that, I, you know, I was a PSE dealer. So that's pretty much all I shoot. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I understand. Yeah, I shot I shot PSE pretty exclusively for say uh, it, it was exclusively for probably five years, something like that. I've shot I think I've shot everything uh, for the most part. Cut my teeth on Botex. Uh, it's I've never I've been brand loyal at times, but I've never been one of those people that just wants to dog another bow. I mean, everybody shoots different everything fits you just depending on how you shoot uh and there's then now they're, they're even better than they were 10 years ago i mean there's not a whole oh, lot yeah. of difference but the quality can everything it's just phenomenal anymore um the technology i mean it's it makes everything so much easier on a dealer these days yeah well only when you look when the compounds first come out in the 70s compared that compound mm -hmm. bow to today's compound bow it not even the same it's like going between uh, longbow and, and compound. <laughs> you know, that, that's oh, there's yeah. a big difference in them. And, you know, they're getting shorter and shorter and faster and faster. And, you know, which makes them harder to shoot. You know, those short bows, right. short, fast bows are hard to shoot. You know, that's where you got to have good, good form. And Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of funny you say that. I got my dad started in traditional archery this this year. Um, and when he, he was shooting, he, he was just, which he has to shoot left-handed now. He's had some, he's shattered his elbows and had some injuries and nerve damage and stuff. So he had to switch and, uh, he, he was cracking up because he, you know, I'm explaining stuff to him and tuning and he's like, killed deer for a long time with a, you know, old whitetail two shooting off, yeah. you know, off of whatever, bare weather rest, flipper rest and, uh, you know, with fingers, no tab bent aluminum arrows and you know thunderheads might some of them might have had all three blades some of them might not you know and <laughs> like you know this is this has this recurve's got more technology than what i had growing up so yeah the bear whitetail two is the first compound i shot my brother bought it you know then i just i had you know my my first and original bow was a 25 pound fiberglass uh, ben pearson bow and I still have it. Oh, I don't yeah. shoot it, but you know that that's what I mm -hmm. started off with. And you know, I shot you know probably about fifteen years before I shot my first compound bow, and then you know kind of mm -hmm. got hooked after that. Oh yeah, I still I I still threaten to pick up a compound. I 
got one uh with my buddy scott the dealer i got one uh from him he still he dabbles in some traditional archery and uh i think i traded him traded him for one of his a longbow for one of the compounds he had and i mean i I never even set it up i think it i think i put a sight on it and put a rest never even tied a peep in or anything it just sat sat in the corner all year and watched me pick up my longbows and my recurves and go outside and shoot and well i'll, I'll pick it up again one day i'll get a get a wild hair i guess so yeah they're 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 completely different and they're they're just you know a little different and you know to develop the skills to shoot you know the recurves and and longbows mm-hmm. is uh you know a skill okay. that is good to learn you know even if you're going to shoot a compound learn how to shoot one of those you know they all mm-hmm. i think they all oh, just yeah. kind of you learn a compound and then go you know learn recurves and longbows mm-hmm. and you know your traditional equipment and, and a lot of the, the stuff will transfer between the others you know little variations but absolutely yeah yeah you know a lot a lot of the yeah, techniques same, well. yeah, same pretty much same archery movements just altered just a little bit but alignment's still critical and you know proper setup and just having a bow that that fits you you know there's i, I think that's probably and being overbowed is another one a lot of people just they think everybody shoots 70 i gotta shoot 70 and traditional bows are no different uh yeah and, and a 70 pound traditional bow is nothing like a 70 pound compound bow <laughs> oh absolutely not no no not even close and, and even with the traditional bows these days i've pretty much had one or two of everything at this point and uh, a, you know a 45 pound recurve is not the same as another 45 pound recurve i've had 45 pound bows that shot way faster than some 55 pound bows i've had uh just because of limb design and you know things like that so uh carbon limbs and super curved limbs and everything else so yeah they're, they're all different and that's why you got to try different ones to see what what you like the best i, I know there's well the, I have an addiction, so that's why I try them all. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of us that have you know lots and lots of bows, and um, I don't have that many. I have three compounds is all I have right now. Yeah, it's uh, I never had quite that addiction with compounds. I pretty much would set one up every year either stick with it or go back to the last year mile, you know, whatever I was more comfortable with, whatever I shot the best scores with. Uh, my primary hunting bow right now is a Toki Chinook and a 50 style recurve. And I definitely don't shoot it as well as some of my other bows that I've had, but it's simple. It's lightweight. Uh, it's quiet, super fast. It, and it just inspires me to shoot it. I think that's half of it. It's gotta be a good looking. Right. Bow. Yeah. Either got a really good looking bow or it's got to shoot really, really good. So <laughs> one of the two better if you have both, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, it it's it's so much fun and you know, getting around and shooting the bow and mm-hmm. I just need to get out and do a little bit more of it. I need to do more than what I'm doing. And you know, it's it, it's it's fun talking to all the archers around the world on different subjects and what they're doing and how how often do you get the chance to practice nowadays now that you've kind of got back into it i typically um 
this time of year, there's usually a 3D tournament every weekend, um, with the exception to a few nights a week when I'm just dog tired or have a meeting or anything like I've got a meeting tonight, um, a little too involved with uh, certain boards and clubs and things like that. But um, I typically will try to at least shoot, you know, a dozen arrows a day. Um, some days that might be 200 arrows. Some days that might be two arrows. It's just whether I whether I walk outside in my backyard at night and I've got a security light out there and, you know, just shoot four or five at five yards or I go home on my lunch break or something like that and, you know, shoot a quick 25 or 30 arrows and go back in the house, just just something. Shooting a traditional bow is you, you pretty much have to maintain, you know, your form and, and practice on the regular. It's it's going to be rough on you. So, yeah. So when when you're shooting your your traditional bow, um, are you just kind of looking at your target and and doing instinctive shooting, or use the tip of your arrow, or uh, string walking, or how do, how uh, do you do that? I I don't string walk. Um, I have done a fixed crawl at times, um, but I I'm typically I'm not I wouldn't call myself a gap shooter. I know what my point on is. Um, I'm more of a split vision guy, uh, kind of gap instinctive, if you want to call it that. I, I have an idea how far the target is and, and where my point needs to be, what my sight picture should look at, look like. Um, and then I'll just, you know, when I come to anchor, I find my spot, figure out, yep, that's about right. And then I just stare at wherever I'm wanting to hit and, you know, try to execute a shot and pull through until it, till it should surprise me. It doesn't always surprise me, but... <laughs> Uh, that's the that's the goal anyway so yeah no with fingers it's a little bit not quite as easy to have that surprise release as it is when you're using a, a release aid you know oh yeah because you do have to kind of relax them fingers but you know you don't exactly know when it's going to slip off yeah oh yeah yep. I'm trying to just trying to stay in and shoot you know staying in and shooting shape is probably the most important thing you to step away from it for a few weeks sometimes and you'll get rested up and recovered or whatever and you're like man this bow feels like a toy and then sometimes you you don't shoot for a month or something you come back and you're like good gosh you know what happened to my bow did you know, <laughs> this this thing last i looked it's 45 pounds it feels like 60 you know so well and then up here in nebraska where it gets cold you know we could have you know below freezing weather and you know the bow's going to act differently <laughs> when it's that cold as opposed to you know, in the summertime when it's, you know, 80, 90 degrees, it's all going to act differently. Oh, and, yeah. And your muscles are acting differently. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's most of it for me. Sitting in an office, I'm not near what I once was when I was younger, so I'm still pretty <laughs> young, but it, you lose a lot really quick. Yeah, yeah, you do. And then as you get older, it gets harder and harder to, to maintain that and, uh, you know, that's just one of those things that, uh, you know, you get older, you got to change things. And I know as I get older, it's a little harder for me to, you know, get out and do the stuff I used to. But, you know, hey, talking archery is something that's fun to do. I can do that, <laughs> you know, all day long. I can talk archery and a few other subjects, but, you know, archery is the, the one that I've been doing for a long, long time. And, you know, I, I shot for quite a while and then I learned how to do the back tension release which was a new weird concept that i couldn't understand until i learned it and it's like oh well, that makes a whole lot of sense you know and 
And, yep. and then I've become an archery instructor in 95, an NFA archery instructor. And, you know, I've taught hundreds of people how to shoot. And, you know, I like teaching the beginners, mm -hmm. somebody that's never started yet. You know, that's always the fun part is, uh, um, you know, get a chance to, you know, teach them and let them see, you know, the first time they shoot. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> you know, that that's, yeah, absolutely. that's, that's the nice thing about, you know, teaching you know, teaching beginners how to do it, you know, whether it's, you know, a young kid or an, an old, an old kid, um, you know, we can mm -hmm. all do it. And um, I seen a, seen a post, this guy was 95, still shooting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now that's a blast for me. Uh, I love, I've, I've, it was kind of funny, you know, my, you grow up and your, whoever your mentor was, I guess you say mine was my, was my dad for the most part uh you know inspired me to wanting to get want to get into archery wanting to want to bow hunt not so much the tournament side but he never quite understood that um but he got a lot more involved once i got more involved and i started working on his equipment and you know tuning his stuff for him and setting things up for him and coaching him and it's kind of funny how it all comes full circle uh yeah maybe one day i'll have kids and, and that'll happen to me so uh you know i'm I look forward to that. And then, uh, you know, teaching kids, that's the thing. When you got a kid that's really involved in archery and wants to do something, um, you know, wants to go to tournaments, wants to excel at it, wants to be a better bow hunter, um, it's it's pretty rewarding, you know, to help them reach a milestone or teach them, you know, how to shoot a hinge release or, um, you know, or just a little, little difference in setup or something like that, you know, that helps them out. Uh, it's a big deal. It makes you feel really good. Kind of takes you back to when you first started doing it. So. Yeah, when when I first started, there was no nobody showing showing me how to do it. You just had to figure it on your own. And you know, and, yeah, my goal now is you know help all the new archers out to uh, to get started mm -hmm. and not go through all the the struggles and learning and uh, unlearning your bad habits and you know just make it a lot more fun. And that's you know what I like to do. And yep, yep. I've always said archery is a lot more fun when you're hitting what you're aiming at. So. It's always good yeah. to have a good coach somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always nice when you get to, you know, you, you look at someone and you says, I'm going to teach you the secrets the Olympic archers use to hit their spot. And it's like, huh? You're going to teach me secrets? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not a big yeah. secret. Big Everybody knows it. It's just, you know, they don't know it yet. So, hey, I'm going to teach you a secret. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. And uh, I can vividly remember a couple years back, I got asked, uh, the S3DA director for Arkansas asked me to come down and, you know, help uh, at a local range about an hour south of where I live. And, you know, they had had their, their little archery team there and, you know, wanted to come talk and, and help coach some of the kids, talk to some of the kids. And um, there's a girl there that was shooting. And I had shot with her be a couple years before the little indoor league at night. Uh, we would drive every week about an hour and a half away and go shoot this indoor indoor league. And uh, she was having some problems punching her trigger. And it was really, it was just eating her up. And I could see it in her eyes. And I was like, yeah, I remember when I had target panic so bad, I almost quit. And I had my first hinge that I ever bought in my release pouch. I hadn't shot it in years. And uh, I gave that to her and, and set it up for her and showed her how to shoot it. And uh, 
you could just see that you know it light up like you mean i can actually shoot while my pin's on the dot and it doesn't i don't <laughs> have to you know slam a trigger and drive by and uh and i seen her a few years later at that that range and she still had that same hen still shooting and it was pretty pretty cool feeling so oh yeah that that's that's always good when you do that i, yeah. I know that's that's one of the things you know people that try and pull the trigger you know they're 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 going to develop target panic and like you said it's you know some drive-by shooting as you see that pin moving and you mm -hmm. know you quit pulling the trigger you're not going to target panic you know what what happens is is a you see the pin go by your mind says pull the trigger you start pulling the trigger and you see the pin moving, your mind says oh don't shoot yeah but if you're not yep. pulling the trigger you're just concentrating where the pin is and i like to tell people it's mm -hmm. like okay hold your finger up like you're going to shoot now make your finger move without thinking about it. You know, you'll have someone says, no, I don't do it. Switch hands and and once I have somebody says, oh yeah, I don't want to think, well, I can't help you then. You know, if you can't can't see that, it's like, okay, keep doing what you're doing. But you know, when yeah, you do that, yeah. you have to it's think about think about moving the trigger finger. So as you're thinking about moving right. the trigger, what'd you stop doing? You stopped aiming. So what are you going to hit? You're not aiming no more. So mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's hard to do. I've seen people with the finger way up high, get ready to do it and just, just mm -hmm. cram on that trigger. And, you know, I never oh, did yeah. that, but now, you know, you can do that. And some people say you can't, you can't shoot that style with a trigger release. I do it all the time. And I have a handheld one. It's a Carter chocolate addiction. And I fire it that way. I've shot a couple of hinges, you know, just, you know, in practice trying them out and, you know, they'd be all right for target, but I like mine because I can hunt with mine. It just hooks on the loop of my bow and it just hangs there. <laughs> yeah, actually, the last I hunted with a hinge pretty much exclusively for uh, that that same hinge. I I don't know how many deer I killed using that hinge uh, that I gave to her, but um, I had gotten so used to it, I actually took one and that's what I hunted with. I think the last buck I shot with a compound uh, would have been a 2020, and I actually shot him with a hinge. The same hinge I shot my tournaments with and everything is a True Ball HBC. So. so and if that's what you're used to then you you, mm -hmm. you know what to do and yeah you know shoot what you're used to and comfortable yeah. with and i know when i go mm -hmm. out i carry oh, my yeah. my handheld carter chocolate addiction i have my scott wrist strap for when it gets really cold and then i have a um a true fire handheld that uh, i got you know the rep called me up and said you know hey want me to carry some of the stuff in my store and i says well if Walmart carries it, I won't carry it. And so he sent me one of those to try. And it don't compare to a Carter, but it was less than half the price, you know, maybe about a third the price. Yeah. You know, somebody could get into it. Right. And uh, you can feel the trigger moving and, and you know, a bit on that, but it's it's better than you know, real cheap release. And I carry that in my backpack as another right. backup. <laughs> so yeah. I oh, I yeah. carry three better releases with when I go. And when it gets really cold, I don't like using the handheld because I have to have my hand exposed so I can feel it. So I go to the wrist one. So all mm -hmm. I need is just, you know, the, from the, the second joint forward, it needs to be exposed and so I can feel the trigger. And, right. you know, you have to think about that when you're hunting up here in Nebraska, when it could be, you know, teens or 20s <laughs> and that aluminum gets cold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, I understand it. We people think being in southeast Missouri, we they don't think of it being cold, but uh we actually get pretty frigid. Around uh around Christmas we were uh sorry, I'm at a 
meeting parking lot here. We're having this meeting. I got guys moving trucks in and out. But uh, around Christmas, I think it got down to like negative three, negative four for us. So oh, was, that's uh, cold. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and we'll get down in the teens, some single digits every once in a while. But um, for the most part, you know, we're we're usually around that, you know, freezing, maybe high 20s, something like that in the cold part of the fall, cold part of the winter. So not too bad, but not not single digits all the time with, you know, 35 mile an hour winds. So. Looks like looks like we lost Amy, got disconnected. But yeah, we'll we'll see if he connects back in. But yeah, it's uh you know, hunting in the cold is, is something you always gotta look at. And um, you know, up here in Nebraska, we have different weather down there in you know, Missouri has different weather. Oh, nice to see you back. You, you kind of got disconnected there a little yeah. bit. I can tell you're in a car, so it didn't surprise me that yeah. you got disconnected sooner or later, but yeah, hunting in that cold. Oh, yeah. you know, it's, I just kind of while you was gone, I was talking about you know hunting in the cold. It just you know it's something you got to prepare mm -hmm. for, and you know, you oh, know yeah. what, what you're used to. Even if you're down in you know in Texas, you know they're you know they're pretty nice weather, or Tennessee or Florida, you can still have them cold days. Uh, you know, it, it's all kind of relative oh, yeah. when you're used to Absolutely. 95, 110 temperatures, then you get down to 60s, it feels cold to you. And, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I used to set my hunting bows up different specifically for that. Uh, I mean, I, my draw length was typically, people disagree with me on this. I'm a pretty stocky guy, pretty big guy. So when it's cold and I throw a lot of, lot of clothes on, it's uh, it can make, be very difficult to shoot a shoot a bow. And I mean, my, my tournament bows typically, you know, in the middle of the summer, my draw length, you know, 29 and a half inches, but uh, it's hard to get that full extension when you got you know, six inches of clothing on. So usually my, right. my hunting bows, I set about a half inch shorter on the draw length and uh, for the most part. Well, and that's what I do is, you know, when when I first had mine, I, I thought it was a 32 inch draw length because the, the first bow, they just, well, draw back. How's it feel? Well, I didn't know any better. Okay. Yeah. It was 32. So I thought it was yeah. 32. So when I went down to learn, you know, the back tension release, it's like, you're 29 and a half. I got a 32 inch bow and this is before this is a Friday night. This is before <laughs> Saturday night's class. You got to have your bow down to 29 and a half edges. So now I'm looking around. Mm -hmm. so, okay. How can I do this? You know, you know, changing string lengths and everything else. Cause I didn't have modules in it. You know, it was an old PSE and they didn't yeah. have modules like they do now that you could just switch. So I got it down to 29 and a half and I shoot 29 now because like, like you just said, you know, that extra half inch, I can wear the big heavy coat in the wintertime, don't hit my arms. And I just shoot that length all the time. Right. right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you get pretty used to it. I mean, you're, my, my form looks a little different with a hunting bow anyway, typically. Um, you know, shorter bows for the most part. Um, so I set them up just a little bit differently when I was shooting a compound. Uh, so it's, it's, it's just a little different animal, especially if you're shooting out of a stand and a lot of clothing on and you know i i used to used to fight it a lot and try to put a, a real tight vest on to pack pack it down so it didn't <laughs> hit my chest and uh that doesn't that doesn't make your clothing any warmer to anybody that wants to try that that doesn't help so no you, you need that trapped air and when you squish it all out it absolutely. it doesn't help absolutely yep 
So what what's your most memorable hunt you've been on? Um I would probably say the last buck I shot in uh in twenty twenty uh with my compound. Uh, it was the first decent buck that I think uh first decent buck I'd taken off our family farm. We my great grandpa passed away back in two thousand six, I believe. We purchased the farm shortly thereafter. Um it really was I mean it was an old cattle farm, had you know, mostly pasture, had the other half about, you know, timber and we ended up having a timber cut and you just never seen a deer you never seen deer on that farm. There's one deer there and uh, we've we've tried to manage it and do what we can and uh we're holding we hold quite a few deer down there at times. It it's getting better every year and I was able to shoot a pretty decent eight off that at a off that farm about two hundred yards where my great grandpa's old home place used to stand. So um caught me off guard it was a warm day in october i really wasn't expecting much movement and buck rolled in around five o'clock and gave me a perfect shot and was able to call my dad and come down there and it was a pretty cool experience so yeah those those were nice when you take a property that don't really hold deer during the day and now you take a nice one off of there mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah, it was a, and I can't tell you how many sits I've had in that stand specifically or that spot, um, you know, the past three or four years, just trying to kill a decent buck off that place. And we knew they were there and we had some around. Uh, my dad had killed a pretty good one with a rifle a couple years before. Um, seen some good deer, uh, seen some really good deer actually at times, but not a lot of cover in that area. Uh, well, they could be there, you know, they could be in that, that piece of timber one day out of the season you know so yeah it was pretty it was pretty rewarding i'd actually set that bow up the night before too um <laughs> i had the same exact bow and i i don't exactly i think i had a module crack and it just blew to pieces not oh like four days before uh at the beginning of the week and uh Shout out to Prime Archers, their customer service. I had a bow on my doorstep really quick. Same exact bow. Um, ended up going and setting it up. Literally just, I knew how I had to shim it. Knew everything about it. Just bolted everything on. Uh, went and... Sorry about that. Yeah, it looks like your audio went away. Yeah. Sorry about that. Or your video went away. <laughs> yeah, you know, went to uh, we went we went and set that bow up. Like I think it was I think I got home that night from something and set that bow up about eleven o'clock at night. Threw a peep in it, shot it through paper, uh, shot it through a chrono, shot the exact same speed. I got everything to spec, and I had the same sight tape on the side that I was shooting, and I just sighted it in in my backyard at twenty. Uh, with the basically with moonlight and uh <laughs> went and went and rolled over to the farm the next day hunted that morning hunted all day actually swapped stands and uh sat that evening in another stand on the other side of the property and he come out about 17 yards gave me a shot so i'd, I'd literally shot that particular bow you know maybe maybe 15 shots something like that <laughs> uh oh so it was it was kind of a memorable year but it was a bow you're familiar with, so you knew exactly 
you know what what you had and yeah you set up the same you know same speed arrows same arrows you know so you know nothing was going to change and you know if you'd had a different speed now then that would have been a little different but you know 20 yards 17 yards you know 22 yards yeah really most these new bows yeah you're going to put the pin in the same spot yeah yeah that bow and that was actually the first year i'd actually shot a prime um and uh first one i had set it up and i just remember i'd actually that bow had blown up i think a week before and i'd got to hunt that evening and i was hour away from the house i didn't have a backup bow with me and uh it did i remember it blew up right before i was getting ready to hunt i ended up my dad shoots left-handed and uh i had tuned his bow and shot his bow enough i ended up hunting with his bow uh that evening the week before that and had a we had two bucks on the farm that year had a nicer buck come out chasing a doe and uh he actually come out about 50 yards well i don't shoot left-handed enough to shoot 50 yards at a white tail <laughs> chasing a doe so yeah i was pretty heartbroken so it felt good to get some redemption you know couple days later so yeah you, you don't want to take the them you know not sure shots you know you don't like like you don't shoot left-handed too often and you know i've shot a couple left-handed right. bows just you know one of one of my shooters he was left-handed and he says well you know a lot of times i gotta shoot try them out right-handed you know so i tried his mm-hmm. left-handed and i've tried a couple left-handed bows but you know that's why when i had my store i sold probably 40% of my bows are left-handed bows because I stocked them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's uh, it's, that's, that's a struggle for a lot of people. I know my dad struggled with that. You want to try something out and you can't try it out because nobody has anything left-handed. So you yeah. almost just have to have to guess, you know? Yeah. And that's exactly why I did it. And, and a lot of places they'll charge more for the left-handed bows. And I know when I had my right. store, Oh yeah. It, it was a little, it, it was a few dollars more for left-handed bow, but I priced them the same. You know, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to oh, yeah. bump the price, you know, for, you know, a $10 difference in my mm-hmm. cost. I'm just going to leave it the same. So it doesn't matter. And that way I don't have to worry about, oh, this is a left-handed bow. It's a right-handed bow and left-handed rests and sights. And it, it just, it, it didn't matter. You know, it, same price with it's right or left-handed. I didn't try and, you know, upsell anything just because they're left-handed and, take advantage of them and you know that's that's just what you you know it's got to do you know got to be fair to both of them and you know just because you're left-handed doesn't mean you're you're left-handed it just or it just means your left eye is dominant you know or like in your dad's case right. you have a physical problem that allows you or mm. to shoot you know one or the other or, or prevents you from shooting one side or the other uh, yes sir so yeah that was that was quite a uh, interesting uh story on on your hunt <laughs> yeah we uh we actually just got back a few weeks ago from a uh a hog hunt down in south georgia mm-hmm. uh, in the playing right there off the coast uh we were on a, a pbs professional boner society membership hunt and uh it, we were expecting to be in the hogs and did not have uh, quite the luck we anticipated. We found out when we got there, the DNR had come in on helicopters and pretty much wiped them out uh, oh. shortly before we got there. So it made for a very, very tough and miserable hunt, but it was it was a lot of fun too. We had 13 guys in camp, um, you know, seeing a different, different piece of scenery and, you know, fellowship and everything like that. I got to do that with my dad. Uh, it was a good trip. It was a good time. 
Yeah, it sounds like it would be. Too bad DNR didn't come through after you did your hunt. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we, we it's kind of funny because you're sitting there, you're all bummed out, and you're thinking, you know, there's got to be a few hogs left, surely somewhere. And there were, you know, but uh, pretty miserable country to hunt in and, and uh, pretty difficult to get around in. So, uh, yeah, you can't really blame them for wanting to do it. I mean, at right. all. It's not like we're, you know, 13 guys with longbows. You know, if every one of us shoots a hog, that's not really putting a dent in it. They're not wanting to shoot 12 of them. They're wanting to shoot 1,200 of them. So, right. You know, <laughs> they can be pretty destructive. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what, would, what would you say to somebody that's thinking about starting out in archery? I would tell them that, I mean, whether you're you're wanting to just get involved in archery or bow hunting, uh, it's like a lot of sports um, or hobbies, whatever you want to call it, uh, lifestyles. You know, you get out of it what you put into it. Um, I never claim some people are, you know, they just have natural ability, natural talent. I've never claimed to be one of those people. But when I would go to a tournament um, or if I'm going on a hunt, I always told myself I'm going to be the, you know, I'm going to work the hardest out of anybody here. So, um, you know, that's the thing. You you cannot buy success. You can you can buy gear and equipment that is, you know, conducive to success and will help you, you know, over over certain things just to set up um, and the choices you make. Um, but I would tell them, you know, jump right into it. Don't let anybody tell you you have to have the best, you know, latest and greatest. Um, before I would invest in top line equipment, I would absolutely invest in a coach um, or I would, you know, get a hold of somebody that has, has done it. Um, bad thing about social media these days, you know, there's, it's an awesome tool. There's a lot more information out there. Um, but that's not to say that all of it's good information. There's a lot of people that, you know, have, uh, they're trying to claim a lifetime of experience and they've been involved in archery for, you know, a year. Um, or they want to tell you what the, you know, the best arrow setup or best, best bow is for this style of hunting. And they don't, don't necessarily have anything to show for it. So, um, you know, definitely, definitely listen to the people who have experience. Um, and just don't look back. I mean, just, just practice shoot that thing till the wheels fall off or till the string breaks, you know, and, and, right. and just, just spend time behind the bow. Um, that's all I did as a kid. I can't tell you how many string sets I went through a year when I was shooting tournaments. It's almost embarrassing, you know, having to change out bearings and things like that and cams because you just about wear the thing out or replace limbs every three or four years because you just wear them out. Um, but it's, uh, it's definitely a rewarding and enjoyable experience, especially if you if you got somebody you know helping to mentor you and guide you along who's who knows what they're talking about and uh, and and you know I say knows what they're talking about. They got to be able to coach too. They got to be able to tell you you know and diagnose what you're doing wrong, what you could do better. So um, and that can be hard to find. Yeah, but it I can think they'll be. find when they get involved. There's a lot of people out there that are, I mean, more than willing to, to lend a hand to anybody. So, because they love this sport as, you know, much as, I mean, there's plenty of people that love this sport as much as I do. 
I know I could call, I got a whole contact list of people I could call right now if I had a problem or, you know, or if I was a beginner or whatever, I could call them and they'd be more than happy to, you know, come up to the house for the weekend and we'll, we'll work on it, see what we can do. So. Yeah. And that, that's the thing about, you know, I found, you know, a lot of archers, no matter where, where you're at, whether you're, you know, in the States or you're overseas, you know, they just all willing to help out. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And had to mute there. I had a sneeze coming. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it, it's one of those that you know you get to some of the older uh, archers that have been around for a while, and and lots of times they have extra equipment. And you know me having an archer oh, yeah. shop, uh, I have I have boxes of equipment. I have rests and stuff that are still in the box. You know, like like here I've got mm -hmm. I got a a phantom drop away, never been installed. I've got a bunch of those. Those are all awesome yeah. rests. I've got a bunch of them. That's what's on my one bow. My my uh, hunting bow, I have just a regular uh, two-prong style rest, but that's what's on my other bow. You know, the drop away. And, you know, I've got, that just happens to be sitting here. You know, it's just, I, I got right. archery equipment in boxes and boxes that, you know, one of these days I need to try and, yep. you know, sell it or find somebody that can use it. And, you know, it's not doing me any good sitting here and I have lots and lots of parts and, you know, having a store, I have lots of cams for some of the older bows and, um, you know, they're, you know, the cams, right. some had modules you had to replace. Now it's a lot of the new ones. You, you just have, uh, uh, sometimes you have a draw stop to change and a module to rotate. You know, the older ones, you had to actually replace modules. And mm -hmm. you know, so there's, you know, get an older bow and start off there. Absolutely. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with an older bow. Um, I've had some older bows out there that I honestly, you know, that I, I knew I didn't necessarily take them to a tournament because I, you know, I had the new model, whatever, but uh, I knew it'd be in the truck with me. And I knew if I was having a bad day, that was a bow that was about to go out on the range with me, whether it was you know, <laughs> the latest and greatest or not. Just everybody's yeah. got that old faithful somewhere, you know? Yeah. Just ones that you're used to. And, um, you know, you just, you just got to have, you know, a lot of different bows and, you know, that's, mm -hmm. you know, you know, there's, if you have one bow, you can set, you have different sites, you know, one set up for hunting, one set up for, you know, target. Um, you can, you know, I wouldn't go out doing a lot of rest switch, you know, because that, that's kind of a pain, but, you know, switching sites out, you know, that's, that's something that'd be real easy to do. Just pull off one site, one set for hunting and, you're hunting arrows, which may be a different weight, and your target arrows different weight, and and go from there. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Well, I've enjoyed talking to you. Uh, it's been a lot, a lot yeah. of fun having yeah. you on here. I'm, I'm glad you're, you're able to come on to the the show and and you know see your insights and it's it's always a lot of fun. You know, talking to different archers. You know, this is something that is enjoyable and. I like hearing all the different stories, you know, just something that's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I've, I've really enjoyed it. And yeah, the same way, if you if you want to talk about bow hunting or archery or whatever, some semblance of archery, I'm I'm always down for it. So, yeah. And, and you know, that's why I started up you know, the Archstock 1-1 Facebook group. It's, it's a group that you don't have to worry about being sold to. It's all just for content, you know, helping out the archers and, you can upload your videos and we'll critique it. And, you know, there's people who've been shooting longer than I have and 
like all kinds of experience. You know, we can help you with set up your bows and everything else. You know, just join that group and I'll leave a description for that in the in the link for the description for for you to get into the um, archer group and as well as uh, anything else you want to do. Uh, you just get a hold of me and you know just ask. You know, we'll be glad to help you out yeah. whenever we can. So my name is Roy Canterbury. I've been your host today on Arch Talk 101 with, with Chase Birch, and it's been a lot of fun uh, on this call. Stay tuned for the next one.